Hello, good morning, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. I trust that you are well, that you are up, ready to take on your day, and whatever your day might bring, be it a list of errands you need to run, a list of tasks you need to accomplish, or challenges you foresee coming up through the day. I pray that you experience God's grace, His empowerment all through your day today, that you feel the nearness of the Spirit with you every step of the way, that you will, in the words of Brother Lawrence, practice the presence of God, that you will feel God's presence even through the most mundane of errands. And what a way this morning to start off our day with looking to God through His Word as well as in a short time of prayer. So with all that being said, let us begin the podcast. There's a frame quote that sits in my office from the Russian writer Fyodor Dostoyevsky. And it's this expression, this quote, that goes, beauty will save the world. Now Dostoyevsky and this mysterious quip has been a matter of much conjecture, much discussion and debate. But more certainly than not, it must be somehow connected to his deep Christian faith. The writer Brian Zahn in his book Beauty Will Save the World links this quote to a story of Vladimir the Great, the pagan monarch of Kiev. The story goes a thousand years ago. Uh, Prince Vladimir was looking for a new religion to unify the Russian people. And to that end, the prince sent out envoys to investigate the great faiths of the neighboring realms. Now, when the delegations returned, they gave the prince their reports. Some had discovered religions that were strict, severe, or gloomy. Others had encountered faiths that were too abstract or theoretical. But the envoys who had investigated Christianity in uh, the capital of Constantinople reported finding a faith characterized by such transcendent beauty that they did not know if they were in heaven or on earth. And all this was a report that it received from that delegation. The report goes, Then we went to Constantinople and they led us to the place where they worship their God. And we knew not whether we were in heaven or earth. For on earth there is no such vision nor beauty. And we do not know how to describe it. We only know that God dwells among men. We cannot forget that beauty. And so upon receiving this report from that delegation, Prince Vladimir then officially adopted Christianity as the new faith for the Russian people. Now, what impressed the envoys, the delegation, and eventually persuaded the prince to embrace Christianity was not so much uh, its apologetics or ethics, but it was, in a way, its aesthetics, its beauty. Thus, we might say that it was beauty that brought salvation to the Russian people. Hence, that quote is so fitting. Beauty will save the world. Beauty is integral to the Christian message, right? To this skeptic of a world that we live in, we are generally more accustomed to defend our faith in terms of its truth and goodness. But at times, we forget that our faith is meant to be beautiful. It's meant to capture hearts and minds with beauty that transcends mere words. Beauty has a way of sneaking past defenses and speaking to us in unique ways, right? Think of moments that you're blown away by an art piece or you were spellbound by the beauty of nature. Perhaps you traveled uh, to one of the seven wonders of the world and you're blown away by 
the structures, beauty, and majesty, or perhaps you traveled and saw one of the natural wonders of the world and you were spellbound and blown away by God's creative ability. Beauty speaks to the soul, it speaks to the heart, and to a generation like ours that is often suspicious of truth claims and unconvinced at times, beauty has a surprising allure. And everything about Jesus, about the gospel, about our faith is beautiful. We think of Jesus, his life, his miracles, his grace, his teaching, even his death on the cross, and certainly his resurrection. They are all beautiful. And so at times where truth and words may fail to convince or inspire, perhaps beauty may once again captivate and draw us and enchant us into God's kingdom. That is why the psalmist says that we worship God in the beauty of his holiness. He says this in Psalm 96, that strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. We worship God in the beauty of his holiness. God is beautiful. His holiness is beautiful. And I love that the psalmist ties the words beauty and holiness together as if to say that God's holiness is not something that simply invokes a mental response, but it is beautiful. It speaks to your soul, to your heart, and awakens and captivates you into responding in wholehearted worship. And so there's something about beauty that invokes in our hearts worship that that causes us to give God our attention. Again, Dostoevsky says this, that beauty is the battlefield where God and Satan contend with each other for the hearts of men. That's why we read of David's profession in Psalm 27, where he says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Beauty is inextricably tied to worship. It invokes in us not just a mental response, but a heartfelt response to our God, the most beautiful one. So how do we go about searching out the beauty of God, such that we may respond to Him in wholehearted worship. Well, I believe we discover the beauty of God through the story of the Bible, where we read of God's promises, but also the life of Jesus. I think of that moment where Jesus was on the cross and He chose not to enact vengeance on His persecutors, but instead died loving and forgiving even his enemies. And it says this in Mark's gospel, that Roman centurion standing guard at the cross made this stunning profession. He said, truly this man was the son of God. Now the question is, what did this soldier see that led to this amazing confession? And perhaps it was the way Jesus died, right? This soldier standing at the foot of the cross had undoubtedly seen many, many, many crucifixions. He had seen many men die, but he had not seen anyone die the way Jesus did, with love and with forgiveness for his enemy. And that was beauty. That was a kind of transcendent beauty, the, the transcendence of forgiving love that persuaded this Roman soldier to profess, truly, this man must be the Son of God. He experienced beauty, the beauty of Jesus' love for people. And so as we read of Jesus' life and the promises of scripture, it should stir our souls to worship as we are confronted with how beautiful our God is, his kindness, his mercy, his grace, and his love. 
another way that we can discover more of God's beauty is asking God to help us. We ask for the Spirit to open up our eyes to see more of Jesus' beauty. We think of that prayer that Paul penned to the church in Ephesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And so we can ask God, His Spirit, to help us see more and more of the beauty of Jesus, to reveal to us, to give us, as Paul writes, the spirit of revelation that we would see Jesus more clearly and so that we may respond in a worship, in devotion, in passion that is befitting of His beauty and holiness. The last way we search out God's beauty is in the world around us, in creation, in the good things that God has allowed for us to enjoy while we're on the earth. It could be possessions, it could be even nature and creation. One of the things that I have loved to do on occasion is to take walks, to look out my window at times, and to thank God for the creation, for stuff that I see around me, to thank God for trees, for his sky, for the weather, for the sun. And especially when I travel or where I go to places that I've never been before, and I see, you know, mountainscapes and rivers and stuff like that, you know, I always take a moment to pause and thank God for his beauty and majesty that is revealed through these sites and every time that i see something that is particularly spellbounding right i see a mountainscape and it just blows me away the sheer size and majesty of it i take a moment and consider that this mountainscape was created by a god whose majesty beauty and glory far eclipses all of creation every created thing and it drives me it pushes me into a place of awe, of wonder, of worship, that God who created this thing, this created thing that has led me to such a response is the same God who intimately knows me, who knows my name, who is involved in every intricate area of my life. That God who is strong, who is big, who is powerful, is involved in my life is the one who knows me my name and loves me so and that blows me away and drives me into a place of worship and so here are a few ways that we can pursue god's beauty discover his beauty so that we may respond as we put words into our admiration of god's beauty glory and qualities we speak out and sing out our prayer of admiration and gratitude for the things that we see that reveal who he is his majesty, his glory, his goodness. I think of that verse in Isaiah chapter 6, which says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Or in some translations, his beauty. Which says to me that all over the earth, in this planet, are aspects of God's glory, his goodness, his nature, waiting to be discovered and covered by us so that we may respond in worship, declaring holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And that speaks to me on my walks and while I'm traveling to work to instead of being on my phone, to look out the window, to look out in creation and stuff around me 
and to find stuff, to find things that, you know, I can be grateful for that point to God's nature, to his character, to who he is. It could be flowers, it could be trees, it could be buildings, it could be people. If God's glory is not something far off in this distance, but is here right now on the earth, then I want to seek out his glory with my whole heart. And I believe that his glory, his beauty can be found all around us in creation, in his word, as we lean into his spirit and ask him to open up our eyes so that we may see. May we discover God's beauty in a greater, more personal way so that we may explode in praise before our God because he is worthy of all that we can bring. And so as we close off this podcast, I'd like to invite you for this moment to invite the spirit to open up your eyes to give you the spirit of revelation so that you may see Jesus more clearly but also that you may see God's glory in creation and stuff that is all around you and perhaps you know in this day you've grown apathetic you know you've felt maybe your passion levels uh, decrease in recent months why not ask for the spirit to give you an encounter with God's beauty I think of this line that a worship leader once said as he gave a short devotional about Mary breaking the alabaster jar and anointing Jesus' feet. And he said this line, which is utterly profound. He said this, that if we're still measuring the magnitude of our offering, then we have not seen the magnitude of his worth. It says to me that the cure to apathy or lack of passion isn't trying to stoke the flames with our own strength but it is to ask for an encounter of God's worth and beauty. And as we see Him rightly, we will respond rightly. As He reveals to us, we will respond. And so let's ask this day for the Spirit to cause us to see God in His infinite beauty. And so I invite you this day to get into a comfortable position with your hands put out before you. Let me pray over you the prayer that the Apostle Paul penned to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1, after which we'll spend some moments in quiet as we allow the Spirit to work within us. Praying over you this morning from Ephesians chapter 1, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. Awesome. Let me close off this podcast in prayer. Father, we pray today that we will see your beauty rightly in your word, through your spirit, and in creation, in the stuff that is around us. God, cause us to slow down enough to see the things that we often miss out. Cause us to slow down enough to find your beauty in often forgotten places, such that we may respond to your glory that is all over the earth. 
we pray this day open our eyes to see you to see your beauty we thank you for what you're doing in us even in this moment we give you glory in your name we pray amen thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the daily i pray that today you would slow down open your eyes and look around you and as you do so you would see god's glory his beauty all around you such that you may respond in worship have a great day ahead i'll see you in the next episode grace and peace hey thanks so much for tuning in to the daily podcast we'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday if you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out uh, you can look us up on our website www.thecity.sg or check us out on our various social media platforms we'll see you at the next episode peace